welcome to 115, I think, of Franco's World. I should have turned the air conditioning off. I just realized that it's on, so it's probably going to be really annoying throughout the entire episode. However, I don't care enough to change it. We missed last week. That's the second week I've ever missed. Here's the deal. Here's what's going on. Rebrand. We're in the process of working out a rebrand. Franco's world is getting a facelift. It's getting an overhaul. It's getting a makeover. It's getting a wife swap. It's getting a trading places. It's getting an extreme home makeover. It's getting all that stuff. I'm Ty Pennington in the situation. Okay. It's getting all that stuff. And these things take time. Possible name change, definite logo change, uh, color scheme. Uh, I want to have a sort of a common overlying uh, theme to my Instagram as well. And so I have to work out on that, what looks good, how to make my pictures all look within the same uh, relative, you know, view, all that stuff. So I'm going through all that. And uh, a lot of stuff is, is coming down the pipe. Now that I live here in the city, things are moving a mile a minute. So much stuff has happened in the past two weeks. So I'll go through everything within the past two weeks. So this will be a 30 minute episode of just me. And then next week, we'll uh, get somebody funny on. Um, and yeah, so I want to start out by saying this um, for those praying on my downfall. New York is beating me to the ground. It is winning. And I can't take it anymore. One specific thing. It's just one specific thing that is just like beating me down every single day. Every time I tell somebody where I'm from, I say I'm from West Virginia. They either sing the song, Country Roads, or they say, oh, I have family in Richmond. It's gotten to the point where I don't care enough to correct them. We're all adults here, and clearly they either didn't listen in geography or they just don't teach the 50 states like I thought they did in every other state in the, in the nation. Um, I can't take this anymore. I don't care to take the time out of my day to be like, I, I correct them one time. I do correct them one time. So I'm like, so, so they say, oh, I have family in Richmond. I was like, no, 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 I'm in West Virginia. And they're like, Fairfax? And I'm like, what? No, no. No. And then I'll say like, I'll say like, I'm close to Ohio. And then they're like, Oh, what? Like, then their brain just like explodes. I can't take it anymore. And I'm done explaining. The song is nice. You know, thank God for John Denver to make that song. Everybody knows West Virginia, I guess, you know, and and then I'm like, Oh, yeah, they play it every five seconds there. You know, technically, it's not even our state song. That's the ironic thing. I don't I don't know why I feel compelled to say that either, because that's not a a great fact you know it's a song you know new york new york isn't the state song of new york and it was written by a guy from new jersey i don't even know where john denver's from and let alone the debate about if the song is even about west virginia now me as a native west virginia yes i'm gonna assume the song is about west virginia uh blue ridge mountain shenandoah river very little amount of it is in the state of west virginia however Miner's Lady, Stranger to Blue Water. Those two right there. Miner's Lady, Stranger to Blue Water. Those lyrics in the song. Miner's Lady, West Virginia coal mining. Come on. Come on. Stranger to Blue Water? Yeah, I can relate to that. I grew up Parkersburg, West Virginia. C8, bad water supply. I was on my own local water supply. Government came in, gave me a bunch of hush money when I was a kid. They made a movie about Mark Ruffalo and Anne Hathaway. We, bad water. We were Flint before Flint. 
had bad water supply. Stranger to blue water. This is it. This is the last I'm going to say it. I'm from West Virginia. It's its own state. It's not Virginia. Seceded from Virginia, 1863. It's right there. All right. So now that we've moved on from that, let's talk about everything that's happened in the past two weeks. Starting with the Dead & Co. show I went to on the 20th of August. What a wild ride that was. Or in Dead Speak, what a long, strange trip that was. Um, man. So I'm in like, you know, this place Shakedown Street where people are like hawking things, selling things, grilled cheeses, a lot of alcohol involved, a lot of drugs involved, a lot of shirts, a lot of this, that and the other. I didn't like buy anything there. I was more so just experiencing uh, everything around me. I just wanted to experience things. That's one thing I've worked on a lot is I want to be present in the moment and experience things. Okay. And uh, so it was a lot of fun, you know, hanging with a lot of comics that I that I am friends with and meeting a lot of people that I've seen at other like little dead cover band shows or uh, comics that I don't really know, but I'm excited to know that I'm seeing for like second time maybe. And, uh, Oh, and here's the big kicker with it all before the show starts. I'm walking around shakedown street, the parking lot, the tailgate scene. I'm on the phone and I look to my right and I see my good friend from my hometown. And her fiance and their friend. And I'm like, this is some weird divine intervention that we all, you know, sort of meet together at the same time and place. It's so cool. That was a really great moment. And then I, and it turned out our sections weren't that far from each other. And, and during these Dead & Co shows, you'd kind of have the freedom to move around. And so I went over and, and sat with them for a couple songs. And I'll tell you what, the Casey Jones to close set one at the Denko show, John Mayer literally said, you like your face? Well, now it's gone. He literally ripped the face off of every person in attendance. It was awesome. Second set rolls around. You know, I go back to my original seat, see my comic friends for a little bit. Then uh, Joey, we all know Joey, friend of the program, is like, hey, I got an idea. Let's go down to see if we can get on the ground level. We didn't get on the ground level, but we got on the railing on the first baseline. Uh, we got in the very front row of that. So we were on the rail on the seated section, not in the infield, but we were like over like the first baseline in right field. It was awesome. So we essentially got like this front row seat to the dead, uh, dead and co show. And during the next to last song, cause they closed with the weight. Um, Bobby, the lead guy, Bob Weir, he had this song he's playing Stella blue and Jerry used to sing Stella blue. And, um, Bobby was singing Stella blue and it was really cool to see someone in the twilight of their years who had been performing since they were 17, roughly years old. Um, it was a, it was a great moment for me as a fellow entertainer because um, it was just like this guy's whole life has been dedicated to this. And, and during that song, it was almost as if like Bobby's like, okay, so you're having this great experience right now, but I'm about to sing this song to you. So here's what's going to happen. You're going to sit on top of City Field, metaphorically speaking, and watch the show from up there. Because I got in like this weird headspace where I was just thinking about everything, every decision I'd ever made in my life. And it was such a cool experience to see, you know, Bobby play that song and, and sing it the way he did. And then they come back out. They have that fake encore. Literally takes the guitars. They all take the guitars off, walk off, then immediately walk back on, put the guitars back on and play The Weight, the song The Weight, with all those different verses. One of the best songs ever written. 
and everybody gets their own verse to sing. It's great. Um, really cool show. Really happy I got to experience that. Um, what else has happened? Um, been doing a little bit of, uh, uh, I wouldn't really call it dating, uh, but you know, I've seen a few people and something happened. Okay. I got kicked out of somebody's apartment at like 2.45 in the morning. Go back to their place, deep Brooklyn, deep Brooklyn, 2.45. They're like, you're a big boy. You can go home. And I was like, it's like 2.45. Like at that point, like they say, they said they had to work in the morning. It's 2.45. You're already going to be late for work. Just I'm already here. So I got kicked out at 2.45. $46 Uber ride because I didn't want to take the train because I just wanted to get home. And I was so upset with myself. I didn't even order the Uber to take me back to my apartment. I ordered the Uber to take me back to like 10 blocks south of me. And then I was going to walk. And then I walked 10 blocks. I ordered the apartment to, I ordered the Uber to Joey's apartment because I know where that is. And I was like, yeah, that'll save me a few dollars. And I like, that's an easy walk. So I walked from where Joey lives up to my place. And, uh, you know, needless to say, I have not seen that person since that day. Uh, where they're my friend, it doesn't even have anything to do with like sort of like, oh, I'm seeing this person. It has nothing to do with that because that's not what happened at all. It's just my friend, and uh, I haven't talked to them. And I feel like, I mean, we run in the same circles. We're gonna see each other at some point, and I don't want to like be a jerk because you know I'm. That's just not me. And but I do. I have to say something like next time I see them, I'm going to be like, you know, we have to like say words to each other. Like, you know, we have to do that. Right. Um, yeah, we were supposed to, uh, you know, us as friends, I cannot stress this enough as friends, we're supposed to go to the Met game, uh, one day and they no called, no showed. I sent them their ticket that I bought. They no called, no showed, didn't pay me back for the ticket. Uh, no called, no show to the game. And I went to the Met game by myself and I had a great time, even though they lost again. Uh, is this what like, again, cause it was not a date. I want to stress that. But if that were a date, is that what New York city dating is like? Is it just this brutal battleground of everybody has their guard up and everybody doesn't want to get their feelings hurt so they just all play defense the whole time and so they just like just deflect everything the whole time and unless somebody unless you both are slightly open and it's like okay you're good is that what it is is it just gonna be just like a brutal rugged because i don't this this just this militaristic warfare of dating and i don't know if i like that however i also don't like the way i was perceived um by this person because they said like you just seem like the like you seem like the relationship type just because i wear glasses and i'm nice to women and i say words and i ask them how their day is going doesn't necessarily mean i'm like the relationship type it just means that every other guy that you've associated yourself with is just like probably not a good person and like me i like to get to know people and you know just because i have glasses and i'm and i say words doesn't mean i'm like wanting to date somebody it's weird it's also weird and now that i'm saying this maybe 
I myself have now become the militaristic dater. And to the point where I'm like, oh, no, nah, no. Nah. What, just because I said words to you, you think we're dating now? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got kicked out at 245, 246. I feel like Lane Kiffin, for those that don't know, football coach Lane Kiffin, college football coach, was the head coach of University of Southern California, and he got fired on the tarmac of the runway, like the airport runway, at 3.14 a.m. And he's had that vendetta in that sort of like mindset in his whole coaching career forever now. So it's like every now and again, he'll tweet something out and he'll put like hashtag like 314 AM LAX. And he just remembers that. So is mine just going to be like, <laughs> is mine going to be like 246 AM deep Brooklyn? <laughs> and every time somebody comes over to my place, I'm just going to be like, nah, 246 AM deep Brooklyn. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. Uh, I've been called the king of 96th. Uh, that is the subway stop up here, 96th. Um, I don't consider myself the king of 96th because I've only been here a month. So uh, I'm like the prince, the prince of 96th. I live, I don't even live on 96th though. I live a few, uh, a couple blocks down. I don't know though. Am I the king of 96th? And I keep telling people I live on 94th. And I, I, get, I don't think I live on 94th. I also don't know how streets work. You know? Um... I still can't believe I got kicked out and they said, I'm a big boy. They didn't even ask to offer to pay if they were my friend. I'm going to have to see this person and they won't listen to this. So that's okay. And I don't want to get in. There's no D there's no like, you know, there's no details, you know, that's not fun to play that game. Uh, but it's, they're still my friend, you know, I was hoping to maintain a friendly, what is on my chair? There's something on my chair and it doesn't, look it looks like rusted metal has been on my chair i'm very upset about that okay uh moving on uh what else happened i threw a huge party so i've been planning this party for weeks it was on the 28th it happened fairly recently and it was great i'd say probably had 20 something people there okay 20 something people there maybe 25 let's say 25 I probably knew five of the people there beforehand. I knew my friend Joey, knew my friend Jesse. Sorry, excuse me. Knew my friend Aditya, knew my friend Jackie. Joey, Jesse, Jackie, Julia, Aditya. That's it. Yeah, Joey, Jesse, Jackie, Julia, Aditya. Yeah, that's fine. I think that's fine. doesn't matter. My friend Jackie DJed. Folks, she played music for six hours. I don't think she missed once. I don't think she missed once. And she had a couple songs strictly for me you know, cause it was my party and I've never been the party guy before, you know, um, in college when everybody was throwing parties, I would go for a little bit and then like go home and write jokes in my place. And I only threw one party in college and it was really good. And then I threw a little shindig up here, you know, a few weeks ago, but this was like a party party. And now like people that run in that circle know me as like the guy who, you know, I throw a party. Yeah. I'm, I throw a good party. Um, that's just what I do. It was really funny. I was setting up for the party and everything. And I called Joey and I asked him, could he bring me a seltzer? Water, the seltzer water, you know, like sparkling water. And he goes, yeah, I got you. He shows up with two cases of sparkling hard seltzer. He did White Claws. He showed up with two cases of White Claws. I don't know what the technical term for him are. And he was like, it'll be $50. And I was like, what? I, I wanted a Schweppes, like, 
mandarin orange seltzer water. I did not get that. But it all worked out. I just, I bought them. I used them as party favors and everybody drank them. So that's great. So I guess I was like, I guess it all worked out in the end because people are like, oh, wow, look, there's drinks here, you know? Uh, great party, man. You know, had a, because I have the room on my terrace on my rooftop, man. I got some really cool photos and arguably the coolest photo I forgot to post online because I'm stupid. Uh, I'm also stupid because here I am with the whole, I'm too nice to myself and it makes me look weird. I was really dumb and I don't know why I did this. I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, what did I do? Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm prepping for this party. One thing leads to another. My ex-girlfriend happens to be 800 yards, 800 feet away from me with her friends and, and family and what have you. Oh, wow. That's interesting. All of you are welcome to my party. Obviously they're not going to come. Obviously I just wanted to be nice and extend an olive branch. I wanted to like, I had not seen this person in so long. Hey, look, here's my, here's my cool apartment. Feel free to make yourself uh, uh, a drink, make yourself comfortable. You and all your friends, guys, gals, whoever there, I don't care. I'm throwing the party. I'm on host duty. Every time somebody drops a cup or a can, I am picking it up behind them. I was cleaning in the aggregate during the party. And that, that way the next morning I didn't have any work to do. Pro tip. Uh, needless to say, they didn't come, but it's really funny. So the next morning, uh, cleansing myself of my sins. And by that, I mean, I was running in Central Park and on my way home, I was, you know, running back to my place. I turned the corner, 90th street, turned the corner, boom, hit my ex-girlfriend right in the chest. It was something out of a movie, something out of a, uh, what do you call it? It's like, it was like, um, what's that one movie? Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston. It's called The Breakup. Uh, it was like that, you know, because they do break up in the movie. And then they like turn the corner in Chicago and they run into each other. And they're like, hey, it's good to see you. Hey, you look good. I don't think she said I look good. I, th I specifically remember me saying, hey, you look great. And then nothing. And I said, yeah, yeah, don't reciprocate that. Because I was shirtless because I'm dumb and I was running home from the park and I didn't have my shirt on. Um and it was a, it was a unique scenario. You know, I don't think I said everything I wanted to say, but also I, I didn't have to say everything I wanted to say because we're on a street corner and I'm shirtless and it's not, there's nothing to say. We're friends and this is a weird scenario, but it was nice to catch up. You know, you don't want to say anything prophetic because then you sound pathetic. And then when you say that, um, it's prosthetic, it's not real. You know what I mean? If you say these pseudo intellectual things, shirtless on a street corner to your ex-girlfriend, you look weird and dumb. And that's not my MO. So I kept it at uh, formalities. How's the fam? How's this and that? And I didn't want to ask any sort of internalized questions. Hey, what could I have done better as a person? You don't ask that. Obviously, you don't ask that on a street corner when you're shirtless because that looks dumb. Anyways, um, that was really weird. It was a funny thing, but it was weird. Um, let's see. What else? Funny, good, weird. Um, okay. So now that I'm here in the city, yesterday I hit a mic, two mics. Yesterday I hit a couple mics and it's like, we closed it out because there was like six of us left and we're all comics. And, you know, this guy I met yesterday, Denim, really good guy. 
he went on this almost motivational speech about how it's okay that we get to fail because at the end of the day, we're still doing the things that we want to do by performing stand up every day. And it's okay to fail. You know, this business is a failure business. It just like baseball, you know, you fail seven out of 10 times in baseball, you're a hall of famer. And, uh, and then at the end, the light, there was issues with the lights the whole time. And this uh, almost heavenly blue light was shining on. And he starts singing Ave Maria and he nails it. And then everybody gets up and starts giving him this standing ovation. And at the end, like after he nails it, the final note, uh, my buddy Adam Christopher looks at me and goes, that's a mic. He goes, now that's a mic. And everybody was like hugging each other and it was like high five. And it was almost like, you know, like motivation for all of us. It felt like, you know, I opened the door out of the venue afterwards and it felt like I was like, we were in a locker room and it's just like, yeah, we do get to do this. Like, let's, let's get at it guys. You know, let's go. It felt great. And you know, I had the epiphany last night after I was beating myself up because I do beat myself up all the time. I was beating myself up because I worried I said the wrong thing to the person I ran into on the street corner. And then I worried about perception that did I seem like a bad person, that I look like a bad person in front of that person because I valued their opinion at that point in time. You know what I mean? I was beating myself up last night and I made sure I stopped beating myself up before I went to sleep. So this morning when I woke up, luckily a new thought arose in my mind. And that new thought was, I don't want to be just a pro. For years I've been doing this podcast. The things that I've been saying on here are sort of the right thing to say. And they're sort of the safe thing to say. And you know, it gives you that perception of he's such a sweetheart, such a right person, such a, such a, you know, a nice person. And, and you can still be all those things and still be truthful to what you really want. And I was worried that if I said the things that I really wanted out loud, I would be perceived because perception is reality. And I love that from Mike Bramante, one of my good pals and sort of my adopted comedy father, if you will. One half of my adopted comedy dads. I have two dads. Max Benelli and Mike Bramante are my dads. Um, perception is reality. And, you know, all these years I've just been saying I want to be just a pro. I just want to be a professional comic and, you know, make a living doing it. And that's great. And if I get to that point, that's great. But I'm putting the metaphorical glass ceiling on myself by saying these things. And I'm only allowing myself to reach X goal by doing this. So, this morning, when I woke up, I said to myself, you know, because I've been I've been doing well on these mics uh, lately. Now, obviously, I suck. Like if you if you're a comic, you're listening to this, and you're gonna see me later tonight or tomorrow. I'm gonna suck. But sometimes I do all right, and I don't want to just be a pro. I want to be really good. And I've always said I want to be a pro and earn the respect of my peers. That rings true. That's still the same. But I also want to be really good. And that's, that's it. And whatever sacrifices may be that I have to make, I'll make them. I've already made them. I sacrificed a lot of things. We could go back to the person I ran into on 90th Street. I sacrificed that whole scenario so I could go do this. What would my life look like if I didn't want to do this and I wanted to whatever scenario that would turn out to be? You know, what if I would have stayed in that scenario? 
this is what I was supposed to do, this situation that I'm in now, this is what I'm supposed to do, this is what I'm meant to do, this is what I'm going to continue to do, sorry, excuse me, continue to do forever, and I'm going to be really good, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and I want you, the listener, to be there for that, because if you listen to me during these past two years doing the show, I put out a lot of good episodes, I've also put out a lot of really bad ones. In my mind, they're really bad. And because they just didn't seem truthful. It's like I'm playing a character. I'm putting restrictions on myself by not saying certain things. And I'm or not talking about certain things because I'm worried about how this person might react to that. And I just don't want to do that anymore. You know, so the show's getting rebranded, essentially. It's getting rebranded. I'm being more truthful to myself because during my therapy process, it's been nothing but showing love to others. And that's a big thing because I was a very negative person and that's, I don't want to get back to that, you know, um, showing a lot of love to others, you know, putting others before yourself, which I needed to do, but then I lost balance of that. And then it became about all about other people and all about perception and perception is reality. Lest we forget perception is reality. Um, but now I'm going to start showing more love to myself. And hopefully, by me showing more love to myself, I don't become all in on that to where it becomes an ego thing. Um, But I'd like to find that balance of showing love for others, showing love for myself, doing the things that I want to do. I mean, look, I already I moved here to the city. That's something I want to do. You know, Um, can do stand up literally every day, multiple times a day. That's something I've always wanted to do. And I can definitely tell my comedic muscle has gotten strengthened. And I'm very excited to see what happens. And all the people I've met have been super cool. Um, everyone's everyone's really nice. And it's so cool to see, like, dude, for fun, I get to, like, watch awesome, awesome comics every day for fun. It's so cool, man. I really love this stuff. Really love being around everybody. And uh, I really like where, where things are going for me, even though they're just getting started. So um, thanks for stopping by again to... Everyone that went to the party, thank you. There will be more. I got invited to a formal. I actually woke up to a text this morning from uh, the DJ. And she's like, hey, all of our friends are having a formal. Would you like to come? I don't even think I went to a formal in college. So let's see how a formal goes in adult life. I'm sure that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, so after I record this, post it, write some material, get ready to hit some, uh, hit some mice tonight. So we're going to do it, If we're, as Jameis Winston said, if we're going to do it big, we'd do it big then. Um, to the person I saw on 90th Street, hope you're doing well. Uh, thanks for chatting. Really hope you get everything that you want. And uh, to all those who listened, thank you guys. And hopefully I have an episode next week. Again, I know I said I'll bring a funny person on, but I really am focused on that rebrand stuff. So if I have to push it back another week, I have to push it back another week. All right. I apologize for that. But yeah, show's getting rebranded. I'm really excited. It's going to be more raw and rugged. Um, What is something that's rugged, but also uh, artsy? I don't know. I don't know. What what about the duality of coming from a country state and now living in in New York City? Some people call New York City the concrete jungle. Uh, What is synonymous with growing up next to a farm with horses and cows and stuff? I don't know. There could be some alliteration there. 
were teasing what the potential name could be. And everyone I've ran it by likes it. So I think we might have to roll with it. But we'll see. All right. Thanks for stopping by. I'll see you when I see you. Have a good day.